This is the 1010 Life Podcast. Live to the full in body, beliefs, and business. Here's your host, Paul B. Evans. Only five days left to be working on that before photo. And I want to tell you, I'm pretty focused. I think that I am, you know, not at my all-time heaviest, but I'm pushing on the gate. A few months ago, I got in shape. I was down probably 20 pounds, maybe even 25 pounds from where I am now, but got loose, got unfocused, started eating, and what I found out about it was that I really enjoyed it. I mean, I love eating. That's pretty rough. Probably shouldn't even confess that. So I've been really focused on it. I believe that I've mastered it almost to the point in which I'm not sure that I need to eat again. But I've got five days left before the beginning of the year. I'm extremely focused. The before photo is going to be outrageous. And then, like almost everybody else, I'm going to get focused and drop the weight. So I've got a plan that's in place. I'm pretty excited about that. If you're interested in the plan, you can email me at the1010life at gmail.com, the1010life at gmail.com, and I'll send that plan to you. All right, so when we're looking at the first of the year, the last episode we talked about goals. Is it okay to, to set goals? And this time we're going to look at a passage that's often used about setting goals, and it's not even what it's about. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Not that I've already obtained all this or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward, in Christ Jesus. Now, we could certainly use that for goal setting for sure, but there's something deeper going on here. And I think very significant for those of us who are in the middle of life planning or direction planning or goal setting, ultimately goal getting. And that is the entire message of this chapter. At the very beginning of the chapter, Paul's focused on those who are saying Christ alone is not enough that you've got to do some other things, some works that are going to allow everything to count. And so he warns them. He says, I want you to watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. You know, Paul's just got a way with words here, doesn't he? He's pretty hardcore. He says, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve by God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they've got reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. So Paul's saying if there's anybody who has a reason to be confident in their ability, in their heritage, in their title, in their makeup, in their achievements... When it comes to living that spiritual life, he says, I'm the guy. He's literally saying, I would go up against anybody. I'll match anybody. I will be compared to anybody. When it comes to the legalistic ability to follow the law, I'll go up against anybody. But verse 7, he says, whatever regains for me, I now count loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ for whose sake I have lost 
all things. Now, when he says lost, it doesn't mean that they were taken from him. They weren't ripped from him. He willingly gave those up. He says, I consider them garbage. You know, the Greek term there, animal dung, you've probably heard that a thousand times. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, I read that pretty quick, so let me slow that down. I want to know Christ. What's that require? I want to know the power of his resurrection, what it took to get him out of the grave. I want that in my life. Participation in his sufferings. This is the part that we love to skip because we love the blessings. We love the outpouring. We love the, quote, the favor. I want to participate in his sufferings. Now, you think about the life of Christ and how he suffered. How he was, you know, cast out from his people at times, cast out from the synagogue, taken to the edge of a cliff at one point. Ultimately, he was scourged, he was beaten, he was stabbed, he was nailed. Ultimately, he died. You know, it's pretty amazing when you look at that and know that that's what's happening. And then you've got Paul, who actually held the coats of those who saw, who stoned Stephen. He witnessed that, no telling how many other stonings. And he says, I want to participate in that. That's what I'm signing up for. Ultimately, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. So that's Paul's goal. His ultimate goal is not how much money can I make, how much weight, like in my case, can I lose? But his ultimate goal is to say, how can I be like Christ? Like his resurrection, his suffering, somehow to attain the actual resurrection of the dead. And then that's when he comes to verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal. But I press to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And then verse 14, I press toward the goal. This is a running term. It's a sprinting term. If you remember when you were a kid, if you were having a race or you were trying to get back to base, and someone was right on your heels, and you could just maybe turn a little bit and catch a, a, just a bit of them out of the corner of your eye, and you knew they were right there. And so you tried to accelerate. You tried to get that superhero burst of speed right toward the end. That's what Paul says he wants. Uh, he's pressing. He's sprinting. He's trying to hit that next gear. He doesn't come into Christ and go, well, you know what? Since we're not saved by works, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to coast. I'm going to drift all the way into heaven because you know what? I've been saved and that's it. Nope. He's driven not only in the attainment of the resurrection for himself, but for everybody. This is his, his focus. So as we make our life plans and our direction, yeah, we've got to budget and we've got to be wise, but we also need to have that spiritual component, not Simply, you know, I want more time to be alone with the Lord. But to say, I want more time to be working for the Lord. When you look at Paul's example, it was all about evangelism. It was about the gospel. It was about sharing the news. You know, how many times do we become introspective? How many times do we go away to increase our relationship and we meditate and we do a lot of personal work but we're not doing a lot of external work with the world as a whole. And that's what Paul's pressing toward. That's the goal. He says, I press toward the goal to win the prize. He says, now how do I do that? Verse 13, I forget what is behind. I strain toward what is ahead. 
So what was behind Paul? Was it, you know, bad times? Was it somebody hurt his feelings? Was it somebody said something to him as a kid? Or even harsher things? Was there abuse? We don't know. He wants to forget all the things that the world said made him successful. He wasn't forgetting a bad life. He was forgetting a very good life, a very successful life, a very desired life. He says, I want to forget all about those things. I don't want my my mind to race toward what the world says is success, but instead I want to strain what is in front of me which is becoming like Jesus Christ. So as you make your goals this year, as you focus on a life plan, as I focus on a life plan, or make adjustments compared to where I am now to last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, to say, how much am I pressing toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Jesus Christ? So I've got you know, my remaining days before my before photo is taken. But what's our before photo right now? In this moment, this is our before. What's our after photo going to look like in a month of pressing toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us? What's it going to look like six months? What's it going to look like this time next year? We're living our before photo in every single moment, and the goal is to change it to continually change that photo day after day after day as we press, as we run, as we sprint toward the goal, which allows us to live life to the full. Join me online at the1010.life, the1010.life. That's right, not .com, dot life. I'll see you there. Live full.